The Southern Middle Tennessee Prep Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West, Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Good morning and welcome to Friday. You've made it to the final day of the work week. Can time with us in this morning or afternoon or whenever you are listening to the show. We appreciate it so very much. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on WKOM 1017 FM on Facebook Live or on the podcast, wherever you are listening. It's going to be a very exciting show today as we welcome in the folks in the studio, the guys, JP, Mo, how are y'all? I'm good. I'm good. Like you said, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. It's the end of a long week. Um. You're telling me. <laughs> a week you'll never forget. And no doubt. No doubt. It's uh it's it's been fun. I got sort of saw JP out on the off air was that I actually feel like I got a really good night's sleep comparatively speaking to the rest of the week. So that was nice. <laughs> Congratulations. You you'll yeah, learn to yeah. celebrate those. Oh uh, we certainly uh understood the significance this morning. It, we got such a good night's sleep that this morning when we woke up to feed Charlie, Sarah was like, I think I'm going to get downstairs and make some waffles. Whoa. And I was like, what? Whoa. What's happening? And this did is she? amazing. Don't ask questions. She did? Yeah. She did. Um, made some bacon, and we had bacon, and I had a peanut butter waffle, and it was delicious. So Man. There you go. That's a good way to start a Friday. Good way to start any day. Yeah, it's true. Right. So, a lot of they say say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So say the guy that never eats breakfast. Uh, No, I'm just repeating what somebody (laughs) else said. No, I I I couldn't tell you. (laughs) You don't speak from experience, Mo. Is that what you're saying? No. For a guy who likes bacon as much as he does. Yeah, I know. I learned in high school that if I didn't eat breakfast, I could sleep an extra 20 minutes. Uh, well, it's all about priorities. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's most big thing, priorities. Priorities. It's, it's true, though. I mean, you make you make that decision. Do you want, you know, a Food sausage or sleep. biscuit from... Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a sausage biscuit from Hardy's or Jack's, or do you want uh, to sleep for 20 minutes? There we go. Boom. I get it. Yeah. I understand. It's I'm typically a pretty easy decision for me, too. So, <laughs> Well, we didn't – see, we don't have that decision to make. No, you don't. Not anymore. <laughs> our, decision, our decision to wake up is made for us, which Not is fine. Not anymore. I, you know? mm-hmm. 
and I'm okay with it because we, you know, I got waffles this morning. So win win. It's funny because uh, in the Shrek line, you know, we stay up all night solving manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we have waffles, that's what I think about. Uh, donkey. Oh, <laughs> yes. Guys, huge show today. We have Jesse Smithy joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. In the next segment, he's going to help us uh, answer a question that we will pose here momentarily. We'll talk about last night's region basketball action, uh, what the girls' state tournament could look like, and all of that in the first hour. In hour number two, we will... Talk about a random Vanderbilt basketball game. <laughs> I'm not sure you can call it random given the result, but I mean. Well, I, I mean, it, it was randomly just thrown in in the middle of conference <laughs> season. Like, hey, why don't we just, anybody doing anything on Thursday? What y'all say, y'all, y'all want to go up to Cincinnati and play a ball game? Shoot, why not? Let's go. They wanted some skyline chili. <laughs> between, between, a tu- between a Tuesday night game and a, and a Saturday night game. Uh, so so know. now when they come back after after Saturday, then we're going to hear about three games in five days and, and the fatigue uh, yeah. and all that. Exactly. So just, oh, just warning you about the storyline that's going to come out of that. <laughs> we will talk about it. And we will talk about uh, today the uh, SEC women's tournament. The all-SEC women's teams were, uh, were named. Uh, how does Tennessee hoops look going into the SEC tournament and potentially NCAA tournament seeding. Uh, also, the OBC Gulf South and A-Sun tournaments are underway, so plenty to, to get to there in with local team involvement. And, of course, this Sunday, Tennessee State will host Jacksonville State in OBC football, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, it is Friday, so that means we get to talk with T. Willie. <laughs> talk a little NASCAR. And we will get silly with T. Willie in segment six. So make sure to stick around for the rest of the show. Now, speaking of things that uh, that we got to do last night, and Mo with potentially, I don't know if we can. We need to submit this for some kind of award. For the greatest lead. (laughs) I'm not sure if it was that great. I think it was pretty obvious, actually. But um, maybe so. But even after I read the first sentence this morning to Sarah, she didn't understand where you were going with it until it got to this the to the punchline. So, (laughs) and she listens to Drake. So, (laughs) wow. That yeah. Uh, So. JP, did you happen to read Mo's story about Summit's rings? Uh, I have not. I am pulling it up right now um, because I am intrigued by this. <laughs> it's a fantastic lead. It's it really is. Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, Brian Brian Coleman and his really big team. Got some. <laughs> and the, hey, hey, I tell you, when you see these rings, they are really big. Well, I I remember talking to him after that and asking him, you know, what um, what did he specifically need to get on the ring? He said, "I don't care, just as long as it, it, it I just want it as big as we could possibly make it." Well, I, I don't know if they could make it any bigger. And it's got 
I mean, bling out the wazoo. It's just, I mean, I don't think our description can do it justice. I'm, uh, this is not a shameless plug, but go to the website, sm-tnsports.com. We've got pictures. We've got video. Um, oh, that, and you actually get to see the reaction on the video, yeah. which is <laughs> a tease from uh, Facebook. Uh, ha, 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 ha. There we go. That's exactly what that was. That was a tease on Facebook. You get the you get the full. Video. I watched that whole video. I watched the whole video, waiting to see their faces. And right before they open the box, the it video cut off. cuts off. JP, hmm. <laughs> I was so mad. There you go. For more, visit the website. Oh gosh, <laughs> I meant to do great. that. Said Pee Wee. <laughs> I mean, but but these the ceremony was really cool. They all got little mini helmets too. I thought that was neat. I think the mini helmets were for the coaches. I'm not entirely sure, but those were also part of a fundraiser. Um, Brian was telling me they, they sold some, some mini helmets. They sold some Yeti cups, that kind of thing. The booster club did trying to, um, raise some money to kind of offset some of the cost of the rings. And they did not entirely offset it, but they certainly reduced the cost of the rings for. For the players, so that was a good thing, and um, they got seventy well, rings for the kids, and and the coaches got rings, and I think he said the cheerleader sponsor got rings, and the managers got pendants. So, because I'm not sure how good those rings would have looked if they were, you know, small enough for the female hand. So, right. yeah. I, those managers are they were very tiny humans <laughs> yeah. compared to the the football players on the sideline compared yeah. to the really big team the really big team yeah 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 so so so, so the right. so the managers did not get really big rings i i guess they got really big pendants didn't That's see cool one though. of those yeah but yeah it was nice they they did a nice job with that um Coach Coleman did a great job setting that setting that up and organizing that. And obviously, um, as he said, nobody had seen the rings except him. So he was 100% responsible for the design, and, and everybody seemed quite he, pleased with it. But it's a good night. He knocked it out of the park. He knocked did. it out of the park, he did. There you go. Oh, that's awesome. So more on that story, go to sm-tnsports.com. It's a really cool story. Uh, you can see the ring. Which one would you? Which one do you like better, Mo? Do you do you like the summit ring or do you like the one that Coach D and Clayton wear around the office? That twenty ten Central ring. Well, you know it's funny because I was talking to um Greg Glass, the athletic principal at Summit, as opposed to the athletic director, and I'm not sure what the difference is, but they have one of each. And Greg was at independence when they won the state championship back in Mm. in 15 15 yeah and he he said that that these rings are nicer but part of that is in that just the the progress and the innovation and that kind of thing that you've seen just over the past five years with that type thing and so sure and so from that standpoint uh, I I've not taken a good look at those Columbia Central Championship rings, but I, my guess would be that these are sharper. This one's no disrespect, is men, You know, 
this these are certainly bling gear. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Ten ten years of um, modern yeah. ring making. Yeah, and design. And, yeah, and they're, I mean they're going to look different. You don't really think about <laughs> innovations in rings, but certainly it's there. It's there everywhere else. So why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Uh, real quick, got a. We're going to ask this question in the next segment, but. Uh, so we definitely want to tease to it because it's it's going to be a really interesting discussion uh, as my a friend of mine who is he's been kind of picking my brain about what we do mo uh, at sm-tnsports.com <laughs> what do we because do? <laughs> he he's well he's hoping to kind of emulate what we've done uh, in the far east region of the state of Tennessee. Hmm. That's interesting. A little bit outside the five-star preps area. Satellite office. Uh, More in in the, more more in the Smoky Mountain, uh, Sevierville, Sevier County, that area, and then east of that. So Hmm. uh, he asked me, you know, is Alcoa Maryville the, the, the best or biggest rivalry in the state of Tennessee? And I asked you the open-ended question, what is the best Tennessee high school football rivalry? And that's the one you gave me. Yeah. Uh, and and I can see that. I mean, they've, they've met almost 100 times. That being said, obviously, the school that's twice as big has won <laughs> 75% of those games. I mean, that's just how it's going to happen. But uh, I, I want to pose this question to, to you guys who know a little bit more about high school football in Tennessee and uh, and I certainly want to pose it to Jesse Smithy. So yeah, we will talk to him. Jesse Smithy from Five Star Preps will be in the next segment, and we'll ask him what he thinks about the best high school football rivalry in the state of Tennessee. And is it Alcoa Maryville? We'll get that answer. I, I think we're going to ask him what the best Tennessee high school football rivalry is and why is it Alcoa Maryville. <laughs> <laughs> that, that certainly could be. Uh, and and that's a great question is why is it this? I mean, how, how can a game that's, you know, 75% of the time one team wins it, how can that be the best rivalry? Well, there's a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so let's, um, let's do it. Now, we will do that in the next segment. But before we get to the next segment, we do need to give you today's rundown. Here's the rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support local youth sports in southern Middle Tennessee. In girls' Region 4 AAA championship action last night, Blackman defeated Oakland 51-30. In boys region six AAA action, the, the championship game, visiting Cane Ridge defeated Franklin 75-71. In region six AA, it was Com- Communities boys winning the title with a 54-49 win over Creekwood. And in region 4A, the title game goes to Moore County with a 53-48 win over Cascade. Up at Joe Burns, Richland, the visitors get a 51-40 win to take home the Region 5A championship. In Region 6A, it was West Carroll, a 56-41 winner over Loretto. Tonight, 
the only action in the area in boys region four triple a championship blackman hosts siegel so that is your friday rundown now do we want chip walters hey do, do we want to do saturday's sectionals uh yes go ahead we okay. can do saturday I, for, I completely forgot about saturday hey yeah so um saturday's let's see class triple a girls sectional has oakland going to bradley central and stone memorial visiting blackman also fayetteville goes to clark range in a class a sectional and clay county visits huntland uh, moving down, if my computer will let me. Come on. Um, Loretto travels to Houston County for a Class A sectional. And Joe Burns visits Summertown. So those are all Saturday night Class um, class AAA and Class A sectional games. Those winners will advance to next week's Girls Basketball State Tournament over in Murphy Center. And that is your rundown. There you go. That's the final rundown. Choosechip.net. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Talking high school sports, here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into the show. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on this Friday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here. Talking about high school football, high school basketball, all kinds of great stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, for one, I'm excited about this next segment because we get to bring in our friend Jesse Smithy from Five Star Preps, who has plenty to talk about on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline because we're going to ask him a couple of questions about some hoops. But first, Jesse, welcome in. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing well, Jesse. Appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. Jesse, on, on the, the the beginning of this uh, of the show today, we kind of teased to it because a buddy of mine asked me a question yesterday about whether or not Alcoa Maryville was the biggest high school football rivalry in the state of Tennessee. Now. I didn't know the answer to that because I don't know a whole lot about the rest of the state or outside of where we are, um, just because I haven't been here very long. Now, as I asked Mo this question, I gave him the open-ended question of what is the best high school football rival, and he said Alcoa Maryville. So our question to you this morning first is, 
what is the best high school football rivalry? And as Mo said, why is it Alcoa Maryville? Yeah, it's a question that I think gets a lot of debate through the years. And of course, every part of the state has a has a rivalry that's probably their marquee rivalry. And you, know, you think down into the Chattanooga area and the, the Baylor Macaulays, the South Pittsburgh and uh, South Pittsburgh area with its um, Marion County. Yeah, Marion County. Thank you, Mo. And, yeah. and that Stephen Hargis, our friend, wrote a book about that, and and it's a rivalry that has many years behind it, and has some crazy stories behind it. I mean, <laughs> I, it wasn't too long ago that they had some coaches arrested uh, for trying to stage vandalism to motivate their kids, and it's like, man, you go to that degree to motivate your kids to win a rivalry game. I mean, that there's a lot of bad blood. There's a lot of emotion and and hatred that's that's in between those two programs. And so that's definitely up there. But what Alcoa and Maribel have done over the last two decades or more, I think has really catapulted it, its rivalry up to the top of the list. When you talk about, I think they have 36 combined state championships now. And a lot of those have been won over the last 20 years. And you talk about the, legendary coaches of Gary Rankin, the all-time winningest coach in, in state history. You talk about George Corals, a guy who won roughly 94% of his games over an 18-year career at Maryville. And just the, the battles that those two programs have had, how close they are to each other in proximity. I think just a handful of miles separate the two schools. And one's a 3A school, one's a 6A school. And so that kind of con- contrast makes it intriguing and it's just uh every year it's a it's a massive massive deal in that blunt county community as to who wins that football game and are, are there crazy stories about vandalism and arrests and and fight breaking out not necessarily it's been pretty civil over the last 20 to 25 years especially since i've been covering it um but i, I just think from a prestige and a recognition standpoint and what that game means, I, I, I can't, I can't vote against Alcoa Maribel. You know, Jesse, when I was first getting started down this road, I, I had a lead once leading up to a Franklin Gallatin game that um, spelled out the definition of a rivalry and went on to say that Franklin Gallatin did not qualify because, as Chris said, you know, one te- when one team kind of dominates the matchup, the rivalry isn't necessarily there. And Maryville has won a, a pretty good majority of these games. But I, I think that there is a perceived balance there. I think there is a perceived possibility each year of Alcoa winning that game. And I think they've won it often enough, even though the numbers – tilt toward Maryville, Alcoa has been competitive and they have won enough of those games that, you know, it's still seen that way. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, so much so that I mean, on our site the last couple of years, we've done a, a game breakdown of the last 20 years or so just to, to provide those memorable moments, those memorable games and memorable individual performances by players on both sides because while Maryville – the 6A school has been dominant during this 
kind of 20-year window, a lot of these games have been really, really close. And um, Alcoa has won a few. They've the, the game where they beat Maribel without even having to throw a pass comes to mind. I mean, how how dominant Alcoa was that night running the football that they didn't even have to throw a pass against Maribel. I mean, that's, that's almost the ultimate insult in today's game. And so it's, it's definitely a, a big-time rivalry tour. I think Maribel's won 63 or 64 out of the roughly 100 meetings. But, again, I think it gets back to not only how competitive the games are from a 3A versus 6A matchup, but just all the all the legendary players, the, the games that have been televised and, and talked about and the state championships won and the legendary coaches involved. It's just, there's just so many components outside of the overall record of the series that, that make this a massive game. And and really, yeah, the record is six, 65, 24 and three. Jesse. Yeah, I mean it's it's overwhelmingly in in Maribel's, in Maribel's favor. But again, I think to to see what that game means, to see how many people come out to that game, uh, to see Alcoa trying to topple its its big brother, so to speak, in Blunt County, and so there's a certain there's a certain respect factor that that you got to give Alcoa for even, you know, competing hard and, and, and putting forth the effort in that game. That's, it's because, I mean, they go on to win state championships seemingly every year, and what happens in that Maribel game has no bearing whatsoever on their region standing or what they do in the playoffs. But it, it's exhausting to watch that game, to, to watch both teams just kind of empty the tank. And um, so it's, it's something to behold. It's something that people come from not only – all edges of the state and corners of the state to see, but from outside of the state too. And and I think particularly Jesse in this in this day and time where you have so many people that are more apt to run from competition and and you know well they're too big we can't play with them we're not going to play with them um, you know for Alcoa to to say hey we're going to play this game and and you know, win or lose, we're going to go on and win a state championship anyway. But um, just and, – and that, I'm sure that emanates from, from Gary Rankin straight from the top. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to play the best people we can play, and if those best people are six miles away, then that's even better. Yeah, if you look at Alcoa's schedule lately, I mean, it's really front-loaded. I mean, not only is Maribel in there, but matchups with black men are going out of state to play some of Kentucky's best – uh, state championship teams. And so that Maribel game is oftentimes mixed in with brutal opponents before and after that game. So, I mean, to, to see uh, a 3A school with uh, numbers that don't match up with Maribel, oftentimes you see Alcoa, I'm not going to say Wilkes, but they get gassed. I mean, they're, they're playing guys both ways to try to win that football game. And oftentimes it comes down to the fourth quarter and who has the freshest legs, and of course, Maryville has more players on its sideline, so oftentimes it typically pulls away in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of what happened this past year, so it's just, I don't know how to explain it, I mean, it, I guess I think back to the 2000s, the 2000s, I remember Stephen Hargis texting me and, and wanting to know like what time the game started and, and how media is received. He drove up from Chattanooga just to watch this football game, and to leave your area that you cover <laughs> to come see 
the spectacle that is Alcoa and Maribel and write about it, that's when I knew I was like, wow, this is big. I didn't grow up in East Tennessee. So when I started covering high school sports in East Tennessee in 2002, there was a learning curve and having to learn what these games meant to certain communities. And, and I remember when he, when he texted me, I think it was the late 2000s. I don't remember which game, but he said, Hey, I'm coming up to watch this football game. I was like, wow. I mean, just, it really shows you the wide reaching effects of this football game and, and how many people across the state are, are looking on Friday night or Thursday night or Saturday night or sometimes even Sunday on ESPN. When are, who wins that football game? So, knowing where you grew up, I'm just going to throw this one at you. How does Milan Humboldt compare to Alcoa Maribel? <laughs> well, sadly, it doesn't stack up much anymore. Uh, <laughs> Humboldt is a program that I'm not sure how much longer it's going to last. And it's definitely got a lot of history and tradition to it. But it's with the new schools that have opened up around West Tennessee and, and people have flocked to different programs. I mean, it's drastically dropped in classification and size and and what it's able to do against some of the, the state powers over in West Tennessee. So, sadly, we don't get that Humboldt-Milan uh, rivalry like we used to. But I can tell you this, the games that I went to as a kid were were just nasty drag-out drag fights. I mean, there's fights between community back behind the stadiums and the stands. I mean, it was just, you know, the Strawberry Festival, you hear people from Humboldt-Milan fighting uh, somewhere back behind some building. I mean, it was at its peak it was pretty nasty but it didn't have that it didn't have that uh class and that respect and that again that prestige to it that an alcohol marvel would you know it, when chris asked me this question uh, it it kind of started me to thinking about you know besides alcohol marvel who would you consider and um you, you mentioned south pitt marion county um you mentioned baylor macaulay and and honestly, as I look across Middle Tennessee in particular, which obviously that's where we're from, you know, I um, I there is nobody that really jumps out at me that's on that Oakland Oakland Riverdale. You know, I thought even about Frank, that. even Franklin Brentwood. The, but I think you know, in and of themselves, yeah, that's typically both of those are pretty good, but. Oakland has been really good lately. Brentwood has been really good lately. And Riverdale and Franklin, respectively, have not necessarily held up their ends of the bargain. Now, I will say, you know, Brentwood-Franklin, as it was pointed out to me, heading into their quarterfinal game this past fall, during the 2010s, I think they played – there was one stretch where they played 16 times in 10 years, which meant they were playing a regular season game and then they were playing again in the playoffs. So – That's that's kind of tough to beat, and you don't get that with nations. But you know, there are some matchups that close. But as Jesse said, I think when you take both of those teams, have had once they get. I think with Team Rutherford County and, and Middle Tennessee. Uh, I'm sure there are spurts, like you mentioned, five, ten-year windows where these teams play each other a lot. It becomes a, a rivalry to see who who advances. But to have that long history to it and to have that depth and tradition to it and to have the championships and the, the players and coaches, I just think all that wrapped into one burrito, so to speak, <laughs> is kind of what makes Alcoa and Maribel Alcoa and Maribel. Now, the one game that I – 
I would pull a Hargis and, and drive to sea would be in his backyard. I mean, just from having read his book about mm-hmm. Marion County, South Pittsburgh, and to have read the stories about the how you know how crazy it was, and and um, South Pittsburgh, I think, has some kind of pirate ship down there. I mean, it just seems like small town football has a certain passion to it that maybe you don't get oftentimes in the big metropolis areas and. Uh, so I, I could definitely see myself someday going down to see Marion County at South Pittsburgh. That would be one that, you know, I would love to see. I wonder, though, Jesse, if that one hasn't cooled off a little since, you know, that that, inc- that incident, capital T, capital I. I think so. I think uh, in today's age, it's as sensitive as we are to, to certain things and how everything gets out in the media and I mean, that story went viral. I mean, it was across the country. And so I think once people saw the the magnitude of, of what was happening, I think they have kind of pulled back on it a little bit. But I still think there's some underlying emotion and and, uh, and probably some hatred still between those two schools. And, you know, it could pop off at any moment. And um, but so I, I would just I would love to take in one of those games for sure. Well, I would agree with you. South Pitt leads that one 32-27 to 4. And uh it's been it's been all South Pittsburgh since about 2006. Uh, I think Marion County won a couple of games 14 and 15, but that's so almost all of these rivalries we've talked about one team has dominated in recent years, which is quite interesting uh to me, but I think it's. Uh, I think you're right. I think that you know, just the prestige of the two programs makes it a massive deal, and it, obviously the proximity mm-hmm. is exactly what you want in a rivalry. And so, with that, I will. <laughs> I, I, I will concede the best rivalry in uh, in high school football in the state of Tennessee belongs to Alcoa Maryville. <laughs> Thank you for for uh giving us your input on that yeah i mean it's always always fun i mean it's it's the game that i look forward to the most and i miss george quarrels being a part of it and i told him and gary rankin oftentimes it's like my favorite part of that game is pregame when when george quarrels would come from his end of the field and gary rankin would come from his end of the field and these two legendary minds of high school football with all the wins and all the trophies and just all the respect come together and just you know, shoot the breeze for a few minutes and laugh. And they were good friends off the field. They would talk often, but it was just, just to sit back and behold that. And uh, just to see those two guys kind of come together. I I don't know. I don't know why that was my favorite part, but it was, I think it was just uh, the respect that I had for both men and for them as men and coaches. And I just kind of, the civility of it all. I just, uh, I just always appreciated that moment. Of course, now Derek Hunt is at the helm for Maryville and, and he's won championships too, but, it's just uh, uh, he didn't have the longevity yet that, that Quarles did at Maryville, and so maybe someday in three four years I'll look at that moment the same when he and Rankin meet. But that was just always a, a thing that I look forward to during that game. You know, Quarles and Rankin, you kind of view it as peers. You you don't necessarily have that perception of Hunt and Rankin at this point. Yeah, and, and you know, Hunt's a little bit younger. He's, I mean, even though he's been at Maryville for a long time, and he was George Quarles' right hand man there for a good amount of years, and you know, Rankin's at the twilight of his career, and we haven't seen 
hunt at his apex yet, I don't think. So um, they're just on opposite ends of the coaching spectrum at, at this point. And, um, I, I, and for me, I covered Hunt as a player. I watched him win state championships. And so there's it, to see somebody younger than you, he's always going to be younger than me. And so, uh, like you said, it, it's those quarrels and Rankin as peers. And even though I think Rankin's a little was a little bit older, it was just, they put in their time and and they have held a certain status at that point. And uh, I think Hunt possibly gets there. Uh, we'll see. But uh, it's, that moment just doesn't carry the the same weight with me just yet. Understandable. Jesse Smithy on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this uh, this morning. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We will talk to you later, I'm sure, as football season approaches over the summer as well. But uh, Jesse Smithy of Five Star Preps, make sure to check them out, fivestarpreps.com. Covering high school sports in the East Tennessee area. Plenty of great athletes over there. And uh, we appreciate his time this morning. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about high school hoops from last night. As I got a chance to see a good one. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Talking high school sports, here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into the show. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Talking some high school sports, as the intro so cleverly alludes to, <laughs> with the voice of <laughs> J.P. Plant. I've been called a lot of things cleverly. I like it, though. Yeah. Truth in advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I just speak the truth. Now, we appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, it's time to talk a little bit of high school hoops because yesterday these uh, TWSWA went ahead and drew the girls' state tournament uh, matchup brackets, and so now we know winners and losers and who and whatnot. <laughs> um, what we do know is that uh, if Loretto was to defeat Houston County. They will play at 11.30 on Wednesday, the 10th, I believe, against the winner of Cloudland and Onida. Onada. Onada? Onada. Okay. Um, Well, let me tell you, I'll tell you a quick story about why I called it Onida. mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Snyder, banjo-picking funny man of the Grand Ole Opry, my my granddad being close friends, uh, he called... Snyder called my granddad one day and he asked how to get to Oneida, Alabama. Well, it's O-N-E-O-N-T-A and it's Onionta. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> and and so that's why I just assumed that it was Oneida because that's why he <laughs> pronounced Onionta Oneida. 
So, thanks for the correction. Yeah, so he he butchered two names basically in two one, names, in one swoop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so Loretta Oneida. will play at eleven thirty on Wednesday, uh, potentially against Cleveland or Oneida. And um, if Summertown was to defeat Joe Burns, they will get the honor of taking on a team we talked about earlier this week in Clark Range or Fayetteville. Boy, wouldn't it be something to see Fayetteville in Summertown in the, in, in the state tournament, though? Man, that'd be awesome. That would be super cool. Yeah. Uh, but um, but that's at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Joe Burns, Summertown winner against the Fayetteville Clark Range winner. So that will – I think this is really odd that the state tournament is a week apart. The girls play one week and the boys play another. And I understand it, but it's it's interesting. You know, um, and again, this is – it's like Jesse was talking about not being real familiar with East Tennessee because he's a, a West Tennessee native. You being from Alabama, there are things that you're used to, and then you come up here and it's like, this is different. It's kind of why I'm, I'm, I feel a little fortunate that I never covered really high school sports anywhere else other than in Tennessee because I'm just not sure I could learn another system. But um, it's – it's the way it's been since I was. So it's keeping, always been a week late. Yeah, it's always been a week different. Just okay. you know, to I guess to give each their individual spotlight. But it's been like that since I was keeping game stats at the state tournament while I was in school over at MTSU. So yeah, it's it's been like yeah. this for coming up on forty years my, my, at least. My dad, my dad did want me to mention that typically in a normal year there would not be nine a.m. championship games in Alabama. This is because one UAB has a home game on Saturday, uh, so they have to be done early on Saturday, and uh, and two uh, with COVID and whatnot, they have to take everybody out of the gymnasium and bring every, and bring the new people in. So the games are scheduled a little bit farther apart. Typically, they would start at eleven on Saturday or noon on Saturday and play six games all at the BJCC, but that's not how it happens this year. So okay. anyway, he just wanted to mention that, that that's not normally how it would be. And, and after he said that, I thought, you know what, you're right. They usually play in the afternoon on Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, and then all day Saturday. So anyway. Now, was that Chuck um, as Chuck or was that Chuck as ATO Sports? ATO Sports. Okay. Definitely right. ATO Sports. All right. <laughs> uh, last night, I got to see a really good basketball game. Uh, it, it The score will not – she will not reflect that it was a really good basketball game. 51 to 40. Uh, Richland, a winner over Joe Burns in the Region 5A championship. Before the game, Chad Hall came over and, and spoke with me. And he said, you know, the officials in these these region games have actually been the local association officials. They're not coming from different associations like they typically would. Mm-hmm. And so – he said, from what we understand, these this particular association really lets lets you play. And what <laughs> was he right? Um, there were a grand total of zero fouls called in the first quarter, uh, after which the PA announcer came over the, 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 the PA and said, please do not blow the whistles, blow a whistle in the crowd, you know, cheer for your team, but refrain from blowing any whistles. And a Richland fan said, well, if the officials would blow them, we wouldn't have to. (laughs) And I nearly passed out from laughing. (laughs) It was hilarious. Who brings a whistle to a basketball game? 
I mean, were there I, whistles I, I being blown? Just, I think it was just somebody whistling, you oh, know, with okay. one of those <laughs> you know, really strong whistles. It was just really funny. Yeah. But I thought it was hilarious. She, she said, well, if the refs would blow it, we wouldn't have to. And I, I died. Um, but, yeah, they did let them play. There was only five fouls called in the, in the entire first half. Eight called before Joe Burns started um, fouling on purpose in the second half. Richland shot 18 free throws in the game. Joe Burns shot zero. And that blew Which my is mind. The first time I've ever seen. It's the first time I've ever seen that. <laughs> I, I I can't uh, imagine that. And I can't imagine yeah. being a coach of a team that shot zero free throws. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're. A lot of offensive foul called uh, fouls called underneath the bucket charges and and whatnot to, to a, a couple of really big ones against Joe Burns that knocked some points off the board. So you know it, it was. It was well officiated. It wasn't. There was nothing wrong with the officiating. It was just that, and they were consistent. I mean, there were times when both on both ends of the floor something would happen, and it you know was obviously a foul, but they let both of them go. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Hey, yeah. if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. I'm I'm cool with it. So a big win for Richland as they now get to host Loretto, uh, who lost in. They also lost a pretty lopsided score um at west carroll which is surprising to me a little as well so 56 41 over at atwood last night so it's a congratulations to richland because they did exactly what they had to do uh it was 41 37 with about i don't know four minutes to go and they decided to dribble a lot and (laughs) Uh, got it to under two minutes, and that's what they, you know, got it to their shooters. Shooters put it in the hole from the free throw line. So that's how you win best close basketball games in the uh, in the playoffs. There you go. So full story on uh, sm-tnsports.com. There, um, yeah, Mo, what you put in here, we, we can certainly talk about this on the other side of the break mm-hmm. uh, with the other basketball stuff because i do think it is worthy of uh, a little bit of a conversation so we have uh an interesting story about arlington and dyer county's girls uh coming up on the other side of the break we'll talk vandy we'll talk tennessee women's we'll talk jsu tennessee state obc gsc and a sun hoops and nascar all in the second hour so stick around for that as we continue on this friday edition of southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint 